All right, welcome to another edition of The Carousel, the number one podcast for all your latest scoop, news, and rumors in the college basketball uh, coaching carousel. Joined by always, joined as always by a good friend from All Access Network, Brian Burton. Brian, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What up, Adam? Yeah, how are you? Post-birthday hangover. You doing good? I'm good. No hangover. No hangover today, sir. That's good. That's good. Uh, we, had a busy, we had a busy night. I celebrated with day two of the Rising Coaches speaker yes. series. Molly Miller from Grand Canyon was unbelievable. She actually had her cell phone out. Her GA was walking around with her cell phone. She was on the practice court with some of her players taking us through uh, their press, which was awesome. It was cool to be on the court. Um, felt like like a normal coaching clinic almost. That's awesome. That's and, awesome. And then, uh, James Jones, head coach of Yale. Uh, five-time Ivy League champion joined us and was awesome. He was so like genuine and just talked about the profession um, and uh, it was so great. He dropped so many gems, so much knowledge. Uh, it's rare you see somebody stay at one school for 23 years. Right. Holy cow. 23 unheard years. Of. Uh, unheard, unheard of. Unheard of. Um, so anytime you get a chance to to learn from him and hear from him and you see why he's had so much success when you hear him speak. I've never heard him speak before, um, but he's so down to earth. He's so genuine. It was, it was great. Um, so tonight, day three of the final four yeah. series, uh, still time to sign up. We've got Felicia Leggett Jack from university of Buffalo. We got Todd Simon from Southern Utah. We yep. got Joe Pasternak from uh, UC Santa Barbara and we got Mike, Mike from Iowa. UC Riverside. So, Another great lineup tonight. There's still time to uh, attend. Uh, it's free for Rising Coaches members. So if you want to uh, sign up and become a member and attend for free, go to risingcoaches.com and you can sign up for a membership there. Um, or if you do not want to become a member, but you just want to attend the conference, you can do that for just $15 at risingcoaches.coachesclinic.com. That also gives you seven-day access to all the replays, so you can go back and catch up on what you missed from day one and day two. But we've got a full schedule tonight. We've got a full schedule Thursday, Friday, and then uh, our Final Four social on Saturday afternoon. So very excited for everything we got there. Uh, uh, Brian, uh, we got we got some, some jobs to talk about, some new jobs that are open. Um, but... Uh, but as always, we host the show. Why? Why do we? Why are we the host of the show, Brian? <laughs> this is the best part. I, I think you always do it better than anybody else can. So I should well, ask I, you, Adam. Adam, yeah. why do we host? Why do we host the show, Adam? Man, I had a little soundbite queued up for you guys today, uh, and I was excited about playing it. But like, I, I don't have it at my fingertips anymore. Um, so we'll get back to it. I got this, but but we we're hosting the show because we don't give a fuck, basically. That's basically, <laughs> it, right. Um, That's the best part. We're That's not coaching anymore. We don't got to keep anybody happy. We can talk freely and openly and honestly about what's going on in the profession. And we got some important things to talk about. But before we do that, yep. we're going to bring in our Rising Coaches Director of Come Operations. Operations. Yeah. The brains behind the operations, the one that makes everything happen behind the scenes, Aaron Stinnett. Ow! Aaron, hello. Hi. How are you today? Good. Coming at you live from Indy. Let's yes. go, Indy. Straight from the so bubble? Um, I mean, we're, we're in our own bubble. Um, Separate bubble, but a bubble. But a bubble, yeah. I had my first COVID test yesterday because I'm a responsible 
um, young woman and um, haven't had to get tested. And yesterday was my first. So well, no comment. Glad. Yeah, we're glad. <laughs> we're, we're assuming you passed and we're, we're happy. Yes. Yes. Um, for, it was for not that. pleasant, but I passed. <laughs> so just so people know what's going on, Aaron uh, is an indie uh Rising Coaches has has had a close relationship with Intersport um, for several years now. And Intersport, of course, runs the College Slam Dunk Contest, the College Three Point Contest, and the Dos Equis Three on Three Tournament. And so we've helped them staff the event um, since they started about four years ago. Um, and Aaron is with a group of Rising Coaches members who are working the event this week in Indy. Aaron, can you can you flip your camera to the side? And give us like a behind the scenes peek at like what exactly you guys are doing yes. and when, the, when the festivities start. Yeah. So our players are arriving today. Um, each of us have, um, I think, five teams, um, different conferences combined and stuff like that. So we kind of prepped for those last night. And now I don't know if I can. Oh, that's hold on. I don't know if I can flip, but I just finished setting up. All nice. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if this is a good angle or not. Um, but yeah, and they have some goodies. And yeah, so our players will be arriving um, from the airport today. So I'm actually, my next job is to head over to the airport and um, go make sure everyone made their flights and got on their planes, which is really important. Um, and then we'll check them in and then they'll actually come and be in their bubble. Um, they'll get COVID tested and all of that. And then they start practice tomorrow. Um, so they'll, they'll practice and, uh, um, get ready to, <laughs> and then, um, after that, um, they'll get COVID tested again. Um, and then the, the real stuff starts Friday. So it'll be streaming live on Twitter the entire time, April 2nd through the 4th. And it'll be on ESPN two, I believe. Um, nice. but yeah. And you're also working the three point contest. Oh yeah. Thursday night, tomorrow night, right? Yeah. And actually two of our players that are in the three on three, um, we get to bring over with us. So they're actually in the, um, the three point shooting competition for the NCAA and the slam dunk competition. Um, awesome. so I'll be working that tomorrow night. Um, and I'm assuming it's at Lucas Oil, but we'll see. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, <laughs> you should probably find that out before tomorrow. I just know that I have to get on a bus <laughs> at a certain time, Adam. You don't ask questions. <laughs> you just see what the people above you tell you, and yes, Amen. sir, yes, ma'am, and you you get it done. That's that's as about as far as I'm I am right now. So well, it's nice to see some coaches in Indy. Uh, obviously, the Final Four. Coaches convention is not happening this year, having to do a virtual again due to COVID. But um, this event continued and, and we had an opportunity to send some some of our members out there to work. And so it's nice to see uh, nice to see you guys out there around the action and around some some March Madness festivities. Yes. And we will get you that selfie, Adam. I will get you your selfie. Yeah, I got to get a picture with the whole gotta Rising Coaches crew out there. Got to have it. How many how many Rising Coaches crew do we have? Um, it's like five of us. We've got five working this year. They they asked for a slimmer crew. I like it. I I heard that there's usually like a Dobo per team and now we're, uh, we're triple quadruple duty. Um, so I'm super pumped. I love it. This is definitely 
right up my alley, love events, being young. I feel inspired again to to stick it out and get through this pandemic and throw some stuff on my resume and obviously represent rising coaches. So um, a lot of people have been complimentary about our organization. So it's awesome to to work and represent that. Well, we appreciate you doing that, Aaron. Uh, yeah, I like at the highest tip. level. At the highest level, for sure. Only our best. Um, I like that quarter zip. I may, I may uh, need you to snag one for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna snag some stuff for myself, man. Putting all this player stuff out, I was like, oh, it's awesome that they're gonna have the opportunity to make money um, doing doing what they love. So I'm just super pumped for for feet on the ground and us to get going. Do you, you have a favorite team? You, you have a favorite team you're gonna root for? Sorry to cut you off, Adam. Um, no, you're good. That's a that's a good question. I'm not yeah. super. I think the Big Ten MAC conference. I'm a Midwest girl. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm super familiar with that conference, and um, it's a high level, obviously. But um, yep. yeah, so I think I think I'm gonna root for those guys. But obviously, I'm gonna stay very neutral and support support all my players as best yes. as I can. But I'm I'm home. I'm in Indy. I'm in you know Midwest. So it's it's great. It. Aaron, one more look at the swag bag. I think this oh. is better than the the NCAA swag stuff That's <laughs> uh, yeah. some people asked if i was playing and i was like i wish but <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll get a women's three-on-three started soon um yeah let's go here's the swag bag I like the swag bag there oh yeah go. looks that like under armor must be a sponsor yeah got a little jimmy johns there i have oh, some shirts awesome love it oh the ihop socks that's right up your alley Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for, for jumping on and, and keeping us posted on everything you got going on up there. Have Happy. fun. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All right. See you later. Okay. Uh, that was Aaron Sennett, Director of Operations for Rising Coaches. Now we're going to bring on an esteemed guest, the man of the hour, the Executive Director of the Rising Coaches, DEI oh, you, you, you guys make me feel so good, man. And I'm the one and only, baby, the one and only. Listen, Aaron is out there with her swag bag and enjoying it. And, you know, we're here quarantine or just staying staying safe. And, man, I'm, I'm jealous. But she seemed like she's having a real good time out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Darren, well, welcome to the show, man. We're glad we're glad you're here. You know, our motto here is that we host the show because we can talk about open jobs because we don't give a fuck. We don't so. care. Right. We're not looking to stay in the business anymore and get back in it. But we are in the business of helping coaches get to where they're trying to go as well. So, yep. Um, Absolutely. This is why Speaking we of real quick, real quick shout out to coaches. We're getting where they want to go. I didn't have the teams yesterday. I got them on point today. No babies around. Bless my babies. They're at home. Uh, I'm not at home. So UCLA, shout out, going from first four to final four, Mick Cronin in year two. Uh, Jawan Howard, incredible job, especially without one of his top two players in Livers. Uh, came down to the wire, and then Gonzaga, congratulations to them. And then on the women's side, Stanford and Temple uh, going to the final four as well. And the first time two black female head coaches are in the final four with uh, Don Staley and the head coach at Arizona. So wanted to give those quick shout outs talking about coaches going where they want to go. Back to you, Daryl. Oh, well, I tell you what, this NCAA tournament, there's been 14 upsets, the most in NCAA history. This tournament has produced the most upsets. Um, UCLA going from the first four to the last four. I mean, it's it's been tremendous as well. And as you know, 
was part of being here. It's part of the coaching carousel. There's a lot of movement, gentlemen. Yes, there uh, a lot is. Of movement, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we know that the viewers don't know. But we, like we said, we don't care. We're going to share. So <laughs> I like that one. We don't care. We're gonna share. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we got we got some things to get to. Of course, we got to get to the John Beeline watch later. Uh, we got some other jobs to talk about, but we got to start with something uh, that you know we we just talked about me and Brian for a few minutes yep. here before we got on the air. We haven't had yep. a chance to talk to Daryl about it, but uh, we want to talk about East Tennessee State. Um, Coach Shea, uh, after his first year, just had to step down um yep. still no official statement explaining it's pretty vague but um brian why don't you explain kind of what's transpired there over the last uh three months and what you know it's it looks like from an outsider's perspective is going on yeah without talking on any details just a little bit that i know and uh, have been able to gather um during the year probably about a month or two ago the players decided to kneel during the national anthem uh, Coach Shea decided to support them uh, in that, and it became an extremely controversial thing within their community. Um, at that time, it was a really big deal, a lot of uproar, a lot of, uh, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of division around that decision um, and, and J- Coach Shea's support of his players to do that. And so from there, it's evolved, and um, they were, I think they were around first place when that when it happened, uh, playing really good ball, and uh, naturally, it affects the players. It affects uh, some of the comments that were said, some of the stances that were taken at that time. And then uh, it was a complete shock when I got the text yesterday uh, of coach's statement stepping down. And the way that I understand it was that it was not his own decision. It was a decision that he was forced to have to do based on people around the program uh, and based on the pressure that they put on the people above Coach Shea at East Tennessee State. So um, commend. I thought it was a cool – I wish I could play the video, but there's a really cool video. Uh, maybe tomorrow we can play it on uh, one of the guys on the team talking about just what an incredible man of character coach is, uh, just what a basketball wizard he was and how much they loved him as a coach and they appreciated what he did for them. Um so, yeah, the players were naturally behind him because the coach was behind them and he was with them in the trenches during a time where it's not as heightened of sensitivity. If this happened maybe before the election, who knows how much more press this gets or how much more support Coach Shea gets. But now that the election is over and some people, um, yeah, may not be as interested in the story, we definitely want to make this something that we want to make sure Coach Shea knows he's fully supported and um, it's wrong what happened. I think he did what was right to stand with the players. And, um, yeah, I'll open it to you guys to see what you guys think. Well, you know, I heard similar stories um, when I first saw it. It was a shock. Had a great season, um, 18 to 17 overall, won like 12 or 13 games in the conference. And, you know, you mentioned that early in the year. And if anybody don't know the story, you, you covered it very well, Brian, and mentioning how he stood with the players and it received backlash from the community and, People obviously at the university um, um, felt that way as well. And, um, you know, I kind of had a feeling once I saw it and made a few phone calls, um, I kind of knew what it was about because you saw some ramblings during the season when this was occurring, not only in the college community, but overall in the community as well as on on, on the campus as well. Um, It's so unfortunate 
um, that the student athletes are why we're there. Um, and you got all um, ethnic groups, diversity on your campus and them um, wanting to kneel and the coach showing some solidarity speaks in volumes for the lack of integrity that the university have shown. And I'm sure if you look in the transfer portal, probably within you know a couple of days, couple of hours, you might see a lot of those guys in that transfer portal. It's just so unfortunate that in this time, uh, considering where we at, as you mentioned, they get much press. Um, it's just so unfortunate um, that he had to make a tough decision like that. And I think he made the right decision. And if any athletic directors are listening, um, that's the kind of coach you want to be heading your program. Yeah, and uh, if if you didn't follow the story, you want to learn more about it. Um, Representative Vincent Dixie of the 54th District in Tennessee has done a great job talking about this the last mm-hmm. three months on Twitter. Just just follow him, uh, Re- Representative Vincent Dixie. Uh, he had some, I remember watching a couple months ago when this first happened, um, it was being discussed in s- state assembly meetings. Uh, elected representatives were putting pressure on the school president and athletic director. Hey, this is a state school. They're receiving state money. These kids shouldn't be kneeling. Unbelievable mm-hmm. to hear that. Not surprising given everything we've seen in the last yeah, three, four years, but still very disturbing. Uh, and to see how this has transpired, you know, a couple months later, we should also mention, uh, you know, I don't know if this is related or not, but uh, they also made a change in their women's program. Yep. Uh, Dr. Zell stood up and, and made a very public yep. statement supporting the athletes as well. Um, yep. And she was let go after the season as well. Now, different circumstances, they didn't have quite the, the amount of recent success the men's program had. Um, so who knows? But let me ask you guys this, Daryl, Brian, um, let's start with, with Daryl. Like what can be done now? What would be a um, what would be a response that would be satisfying at this point? You can't bring Coach Shea back. Um, but what would be something that would make you feel like there's been some justice or atonement? Or is it just seeing their program, you know, decimated by the portal? I mean, that doesn't sound great either but well, that, I mean, what do you think yeah that doesn't solve the issue in itself i don't think there's anything that can do i think pretty much what they have done has spoke volumes i don't think there's any damage control that can be done but i think what the student athletes can do um, not just those on the basketball team but those are in the whole athletic department regardless of their ethnicity um, should really really come forward and make a stand themselves because those people there at the school themselves, whether it's administration, athletic administration, wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the students, student athletes, particularly in right. the athletic department. So you're there for them. And we, we live in a country where you should be able to voice your opinion. Um, I often say this generation um, are courageous. They're the change agents. Um, unlike yep. the older generations, um, when I was coming along and older, you're not going to be able to change them. But this generation can exact change if they want to. So hopefully those students, not just the student athletes, the students across the campus themselves will make a stand and make a statement as well. But I don't think anything that university can do to try to speak because, you know, it's public knowledge exactly what has transpired over the last three months, as you mentioned, being covered out there in Tennessee. And I would add, I would piggyback uh, Adam and just say, I think more so university aside, what can be done for college basketball for coach Shea for people to feel like okay they got they were held accountable for this 
action that they chose to do within their within their university grounds. But again, what, what would you say would be something that would make people feel like, OK, there's justice has been served? Well, I think it starts with the, the with the university president, the leadership, you know, as well. Obviously, um, there was no concerted effort to keep Coach Shea. Um, everything has to cross his desk, of course. And then you've got the board there as well. So it all depends on uh, the leadership. Um, you know, it all depends on the pressure because, you know, people choose party over principles these days. And that's being shown in our politics, you know, as well. And you don't know who's got what power over who. And in regards to saying, hey, we have to, you know, get Koshi out of here. We're not going to allow him to do this. We disapprove of whatever the case may be. So somebody's going to have to make that tough decision like Koshi did in regards to standing for doing what's right instead of standing on what's, what's, what the party is or who of the allegiance to. Um, and that's where we stand at in this country overall. You know, you just gave a perfect example of a man um, who left his livelihood to stand on integrity um, and do what's right. He said, I can't be here and, and coach under these circumstances if you're not going to allow these student athletes to express themselves and show their discontent. And it also shows the insensitivity to what's going on um, in our society as well, particularly in the black community. Well, and and what I would like to see, not that this would solve any problems, but I think it would help in, in terms of um, a feeling of solidarity and community within our profession, is if some of the bigger institutions in the state stood up and voiced their support for Coach Shea and the student athletes. You know, ETSU, no offense to them, but it's a, it's a mid-major program in a state, probably outside their region. Not too many people follow it closely. But people all over the state follow the University of Tennessee. Would love to see Rick Barnes stand up. Um, you know, the football coaches stand up at the University of Tennessee. Memphis is another major state institution. Um, that's where you can start applying pressure because you know what people love more than their politics? Sports. <laughs> Sports, yeah. absolutely. And, and so <laughs> if they see that, hey, uh, my beloved Vols are, are staying up for this and I hate what they're saying up for, but there's no way I'm not going right. to root for the Vols. Then that's right. that starts to, you know, sports has an unbelievable ability to unite people in the world. Um, yeah. and, and I think there's an opportunity where I'd love to see some people step up and and it's a risk. And, and I get it. Everyone wants to keep their bosses happy and their boosters happy. But what's the what's the phrase? If, if you don't stand for anything, you fall for for everything. So absolutely. Um, I think this is if if this isn't something we're standing up for, I don't I don't know what is. Yeah, and I was just say, um, you know, with all of us being a part of DI Alliance, um, definitely plan on getting with the other member groups and just seeing, you know, how we can support because I think this is a issue that is a hundred percent why uh, Adam and Daryl, you guys headed the DI Alliance for reasons like this, so we can come together to uh, make change, stand up for what's right, and stand up for things that are wrong. Absolutely, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll put out a statement, um, you know aligning all of our groups together behind, you know, our beliefs on this topic. Um, but, you know, we'd like to go further than just, you know, yep. the statement is great and it does give people a rallying point, but, you know, we started the DEI Alliance to take action and yep. to make change using our platform in sports. And so we're for sure doing things behind the scenes, reaching out to various politicians who are ready to go. Um, but ultimately we'll need some coaches to stand up and use their influence which is right. great and more powerful than you think um, to stand up and, and, you know, honestly risk their livelihood um, in a sense. 
And, and that's true. And not only that, not just the amateur athletics, we got the professional teams there as well that has a lot of minorities participating in, whether it's in basketball, NBA basketball or football um, as well. I think if, if the whole community come come together, like you just mentioned, Adam, and, and make a stand and say, hey, this is something we're not going to um, um, want to deal with anymore or 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 even want to see this any kind of behavior anymore. That's the only time change is going to happen um, as well. And the best way to hit people is if not only that, you hit them in their pocketbook, <laughs> you know, as well, that that gets people moving as well. So, you know, very disappointing in the leadership at East Tennessee State, um, you know, the Board of Visitors, anybody that's involved with this process. If someone is listening that may not have known of the decision and why it went down, because sometimes that is the case as well. People may not know the intricacies or the inner workings of it, um, you know, please reach out to us or just reach out and, and make a statement that we can um, definitely support Cochet. And, you know, we got to we got to continue to not have this happen. Um, in this yeah, country. absolutely. And, and again, we don't know all the info. I'm sure it'll all come out soon. Um, but this is just us looking at it from the outside with the combination of some inside. You know, certainly we know plenty of coaches in the area and the region. But, um, you know, if there is. To Daryl's point, if there is more info out there that we need to know, please share it with us. Put out a statement. Give us some info. Yeah, and I think without, without getting too many details, and I'll end with this on this, is like it was not his choice is what I understand. It was yeah. not just like I'm walking away because they're not doing what's right. It was they're making me walk away because they have put their – like you said, there's politicians, there's people involved that use their power and influence and resources to – make sure that he wasn't there anymore. Absolutely. I heard the same thing as well, Brian. So, you know, yeah. we, we'll see what, what it comes out. I'm sure uh, Coach will shape, put a statement out as well at some point in time. And I'm sure he's probably talking with some people, whether it's his legal team or whoever the case may be. Um, I don't think we heard the last of this story at no all. Question. Okay, let's – let me – all right, just not that this really matters, but let's flip it to hoops. Like how? How can anyone take this job now? Right? Like, I, I was literally thinking job. the same thing. I was I thinking mean, this, the same thing before this incident. This is one of the best mid-major, low to mid-major programs in the country, hands down. What they've done over the last what seven, eight, nine, ten years? Um, I mean, just look at Forbes. Forbes you did a good job there. Now he's at Wake Forest. I mean, right. that's the kind of that's the kind of job this is. Penny was there as an assistant. He's now a head. Penny Collins was there as an assistant. He's now the head coach of Tennessee State. I mean, this is a place that. Uh, like you said, mid-major wise, I don't know how you follow this and take the job. You know, I don't know how you, whether you're white, black, brown, purple, uh, there's some stuff going on here that's very uh, intense, toxic to walk into to think like, oh, I'm going to be the answer to this situation. So very difficult, whoever's following it, and very difficult to even think of who would want to take that job at this point. And no no judgment to anyone that does. I mean, it's like, it's a no, great opportunity. High level job. Yeah, I mean, more power to you if you're willing to step into this. I just got to imagine it's a lot of headaches, uh, and a lot more than basketball. And you got to feel like you got to feel like you're looking over your shoulder. Like, at what point in time am I going to be forced to make a decision between the people that are the boosters or the people that are make the decisions or my players? You know, and I think even in recruiting, kids will want to ask that question. And parents and coaches will want to know, like, okay, well. How do I know that my kid's not going to get the same situation happen to him? So it's definitely a lot of a lot of moving parts there. Uh, and here's the thing about it, guys. Somebody will take that job. Um, I think the university itself, you know, they, they're in damage control mode. Once it comes out, we're putting it out here probably for 
the first time that anybody is really hearing the story, as you mentioned, for three months it was being covered. But they're going to have to do some damage control. And I think once this really hits the press, um, who knows, just by people watching us today can start to really um, get out there as well. I think they're going to do that. But someone will take the job and hopefully whoever takes the job can bring about some change and and get in there and start to try to change people's minds about, um, you know, what is right and what's not right in terms of people, equal rights and the rights to protest and um, whatever they decide to do as well within the laws. OK, let's. Uh... Let's get into some scoop, guys. Um, if if listeners, if you guys have scoop, rumors that you've heard, news that you want to share, you can text us anonymously at 662-418-9031. You can slide into the DMs. You can comment on social media. Uh, <laughs> reach out and, and we'll be happy to share what you got. Um, but we got Daryl Jacobs, Mr. Mr. New Jersey, Mr. Northeast, Mr. New yeah, York. Yeah, let's um, go. Let's go. We need some, we need some scoop. Uh, for the Northeast. Tell us what's going on at Hofstra. Well, you know, there, there's a lot of speculations, you know, a lot of New York guys involved involved in this, you know, as well. Um, um, the name I'm hearing is a current assistant there, Speedy Claxton, um, who of course played there, played in the NBA, who I think is more than ready, um, you know, for the job that, um, you know, hopefully the administration will you know, see fit, you know, as well. And then the current assistant coaches that are there as well, one is under consideration um, as well. And they're talking to some outside people, um, you know, as well. So, um, but the name I'm hearing hot right now is Speedy Classen as this continues to go along and along. He's an alum, you know, NBA player, um, you know, have paid his dues and, um, you know, it'll be a welcome sight to see somebody like that get the job. I know um, Jay Wright and all those guys are really pushing for him as well. All right, let's uh what do you got for Central Connecticut State for us? This one's been open for a little while. Wow, man. You know, it's it's no telling what's happening with this one. You know, you got a lot of guys that's um, you know, involved with this. A D2 coach, Tobin Anderson from St. Thomas Aquinas, um, has done a great job. You got uh, Mike Donnelly, who was actually I coached against when he was at post and he was at Southern Connecticut, um, then went to Florida Southern as well. Um, Patrick Sellers, um, Graduate from there, longtime Division One assistant, um, more than paid his dues, you know, there as well. Scott Burrell, um, who's at Southern Connecticut State. You know, you're hearing a lot of names, and it's hard to get a beat on who they're leaning towards because they, they haven't made a decision yet, um, right. which is telling me um, either they're waiting on someone or looking to uh, um, um, continue the process. Maybe they're not happy with the candidates, but you know, those guys I just mentioned, particularly, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see a couple of D2 guys with Connecticut roots in there. Of course, Tobin Anderson, I think Thomas Aquinas um, out of the ECC conference have been nationally ranked for the past five years, um, has done a tremendous job with his program as well. And Mike Donnelly, who's down at Florida Southern, uh, went to a couple of NCAA tournaments, you know, as well. And of course, you know, sometimes you got the usual suspects involved, um, with this as well, that's always floating around um, there, whether it's Jared Grasso, um, you know, guys like that as well. Good stuff, Daryl. Good stuff. Okay. Um, one hire that was made yesterday or was announced yesterday, Marty Simmons at Eastern <laughs> Illinois. Um, we had called this one. Yeah, we had talked about this one for a while. Um, yeah. It came down to Marty Simmons, Link Darner, uh, former head coach at, at Wisconsin Green Bay, Armand Gates, assistant coach at Nebraska. And Rod Judson, a uh, longtime coach, former former coach at Indiana, Illinois. Um, but Marty Simmons was their man, longtime head coach at the University of Evansville, 
current uh, special assistant at Clemson. Marty is one of the best offensive minds in basketball at any level. Um, this is a hard job to win at. Um, mm-hmm. Probably one of the most challenging jobs, if not the most challenging job in the OVC. But I can assure you, uh, game in, night in, night out, they will be one of the best coach teams uh, in the conference. Well, I was, hoping, I, was well, I was hoping that Luke got the job having coached against him at Florida Southern, lost him in the NCAA tournament. He went on, like you mentioned, at Wisconsin, uh, Green Bay. He's done a great job. I thought he had a real good shot at it. But congratulations to Marty Simmons uh, on getting the job. And this, he's, like you mentioned, um, Adam, he's, he's a great coach, great ex and old guy. And they got a good one. Okay, uh, it's now time for our daily John Beeline watch. Has anybody seen him? We have unconfirmed rumors that we saw him in Norman, Oklahoma. His sleeves were rolled up. Uh, We cannot confirm that, but that is the latest on the John Beeline watch. Speaking of Oklahoma, Daryl, what are you hearing there? That's obviously one of the big prize jobs uh, still open. What do you think? Well, you know, the Beeline story is really, um, um, I can tell you there's some truth to that. Um, and I have an inside source. Um, there's some truth to that as well. And also, um, they're still looking. Um, you know, um, the AD, Joe Castigliano, is one of the best in the industry, and, and they're looking for a probably a sitting head coach, actually, as well, besides if they can't get somebody like Coach John Beeline, but they're looking for a sitting head coach with some success, you know, whether it's at a mid-major or power five as well. Yeah, they've had a, form- they had a formula with uh... – with Coach Kruger that was successful. He was at UNLV, had a lot of success, brought him over and uh, did a great job, took him to the Final Four. So I think that's definitely a formula that makes sense there at Oklahoma. And, uh, yeah, John Beeline, watch. Be interesting to see. Well, don't don't be surprised if he ends up there. Don't be surprised, you know, which I think would be a good hire for them as well. Oh, absolutely. Okay, let's, let's go to small college, uh, some small college uh, openings and some scoop here. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Is it Bodine? 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 They're on looking at you because it's a Northeast that's job. A D, that's a D3 school. Yep. One of the best D3 jobs in the country opened Absolutely. up. It, it may have a funny name. I used to get it said incorrect, but I think it's Bodine, 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 something like that as well. But it's a good job. It's a good Division three job. Um, you know, many resources, um, as you mentioned, great conference that they play in. And don't let the name fool you. It's, it's a good Division three job for a young, hungry assistant coach or a head coach that's coming from JUCO or anywhere else, or if they want to make a lateral move. Uh, you may be coming from a D3 situation, and, and that yep. D3 conference may not be as good as this conference yep. that they're in. That'll be a great move for you as well. So it's a great job. Any names you guys want to throw out? If you're the AD there, who are you taking a look at? Wow. Um, I, I would. I don't know any names, but I would think like – like a place like Colgate that's had so much success uh, this year, uh, and even a guy like James Jones, he's got to have assistants that, you know, may have aspirations to be head coaches. They're high academic schools. Uh, I would think picking from a successful program like that would be, uh, you know, a really wise decision by them without knowing anything about the D3 in that area or anything else. Having played Division Two and Division Three myself, I do think uh, that level is an underappreciated level. Uh, you have guys like Shaka Smart who played at that level who are now doing great things at the college level. Um, so I would say uh, one of those Northeast assistants that's at one of those high academic schools has had great success. And that's that's a great point, 
LeBron, they are, they are high academic school or high academic standards. Um, as you mentioned, any third assistant, the second assistant Ivy League that's looking to um, you know, become a head coach, um, as well as the Patriot League, any of those schools and those conferences uh, kind of fits the profile of the type of coach that will have some success there because they're used to recruiting those type of student athletes with those academic requirements. Great point. Um, okay, let's talk. Um, where did it go? I wanted to talk Austin P. There we go. I got a little bit. Of, I got a little bit on that. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's let's hear your scoop on Austin P. Obviously, Matt Figure left to take the UT Rio Grande Valley job, which is a little bit of a head scratcher. We've talked about that already uh, yeah. in previous shows. But um, Brian, what are you hearing there? Uh, yeah, it sounded here? like uh, it sounded like Coach was excited. Coach Figure was excited about. Uh, the recruiting area around Texas and being in the WAC and having a chance to uh, kind of get a new a new start in a new program. So congratulations to him. But uh, I hear that they want to have somebody in by Friday, uh, is what I was told. And that's, I heard Nate, oh, that's uh, two few days. days, few days. I heard Nate James uh, from Duke was a name that was told uh, that he may be one of the guys that uh, very possibly could take this job. But I heard to uh, that Austin Clunch from Nichols State is interviewing. Um, so similar to how we kind of heard that uh, Figure was interviewing and was on campus uh, at UTRGV, and the next thing you know, he took takes the job. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised of a guy like Austin Clunch. He makes a lot of sense. Young guy, he's won championships at Nichols State. Um, comes in that Richie Riley tree and has just done a good job at a place that's under-resourced. You know, at the end of the day, you want to be able to move up and have the next shot. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is the choice Friday. Yeah. Um, Austin Clanch, uh is phenomenal. Um, he doesn't get as much recognition as he should. To the youngest head coach in the country. The youngest head coach in the country and won a championship at Nichols State, Nichols guys. State. Nichols in the State. Same, in the same conference with Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston State, uh, and Abilene Christian, who made their run in the tournament, who was uh, one less – win than they had. So so Nichols had one more win, the same amount of losses. They did not play each other in the regular season, but uh, incredible job at a place that, yeah, Nichols State is probably rated the worst job in that conference. I know you hate the ratings for jobs, but it's probably the worst. No, for sure. And honestly, I, I think uh, Austin P is a good job. Let's first of all put that out there. It's a very good job in the OVC. It's probably right around the fourth, between third and fifth best job in the league, somewhere in there behind Belmont, of course, and then Murray State. Um, uh, and you got some conference realignment. You got Eastern Kentucky leaving, uh, which is certainly going to help, uh, you know, it's going to make the lead, league more wide open. Uh, and Jacksonville State is leaving, who's been really good. So Austin P is a good job. But if I'm an AD at a – I'm taking Austin Clanch at a higher level than Austin P. Like, I, I think he deserves – I mean, again, proven that he can win – at a place like Nichols. But if I'm Austin Clanch, I don't know how long I'm going to stay there at Nichols. I don't know how sustainable success really is down there. Right. And so, you know, I would, this would make sense if he gets the opportunity. Um, you know, it'd probably be hard to pass up. Um, some names, I haven't heard these names, but some names I would certainly consider. Uh, Ronnie Hamilton at Ole Miss, assistant coach at Ole Miss. He's He's been in the business for a long time, has done a great job, uh, has not had, uh, opportunity to be a head coach yet, but certainly has earned it. Um, and then Rick Cabrera, uh, current assistant coach at Arkansas State. Daryl's laughing because he's a Northeast guy. Darryl I like that one. I like that one. 
But Rick is Mr. He's Mr. OVC. He's been around the league for, for years. Yes. He does a great job, not only on the recruiting trail, but also on the floor. Um, very well respected and has a lot of head coaching experience at Lackawanna Community College. Is that right? That's back, correct. Back, That's uh, correct. back when I was recruiting those guys, you know, years and years ago. Yeah, he's 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 actually my favorite, um, even though um, if the guy decides to come over from Nickel State, I mean, if you can win at Nichols, I, I mean, guys, you said it best. I mean, that's not a sexy job at all. That's a home run for Austin P. They should even wait. They should sign. They should bring him over today and, and give him what he wants. But in that case, you know, Rick Cabrera is somebody that I mentor and I've been knowing for a long, long time. And he recently just lost his dad. Um, yeah, you know, sure well, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that he gets the opportunity, as you say, paid his due tremendous job at Lackawanna Junior College. Um, I actually recruited a lot of players from him. That's how I really got to know him as well. Um, either way, that'd be great uh, for him. If um, which God decides not to take and stay at Nichols. But if I'm him, I strike while the irons are hot. Like you said, being sustainable at Nichols could be short lived. Yeah, uh, and I do know that Ronnie Hamilton and Rick Cabrera both interviewed, I believe, at Tennessee Tech maybe two years ago, also in OVC. The athletic directors talk. Um, They they compare notes all the time. So I wouldn't be surprised if those guys got a phone call, um, you know, for this job as well. Uh, What else do you guys want to talk about? Do we have anything else? I let, I let Daryl. He's he's a special guest. I'll let him jump in. (laughs) Do we we want to take a stab at DePaul? What's going on there? Well, that you sounds we like can a take a step. We can is that, is that a John Beeline watch type of job? Is that a John? Be- is, did somebody see him in Chicago? We did have no, unconfirmed rumors that John Beeline uh, was in the Lincoln Lincoln Park, right? It's Lincoln Park, the Lincoln Park area <laughs> in Chicago. Well, he's um, been making the rumors. I mean, he's he's a proven collegiate coach, so these jobs are opening. I think that'll be a home run high as well. But um, as you know, Kenny Payne, the AD. Uh, PV was good friends with Kenny Payne, assistant coach of the Knicks, who actually was the front runner, who actually turned the job down. So now they have to recalibrate and decide who they want to bring in. And by then, a couple of guys were turned off by the process and decided that they didn't want to be involved in it. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens uh, with the job. You know, I hear Rod Strickland is a long shot, you know, get in there as well. You know, a couple of other Chicago guys um, in the area, the different schools. Um, I've been hearing, but, you know, Kenny Payne, what they thought was going to take the job, um, but he decided to stay with the NBA. And now um, they're scrambling to try to uh, bring some more guys in. Some guys decided not to come in, um, decided it wasn't a good situation, whatever the case may be. Yeah, my dark horse pick for this one, I've said it before, Dana Ford. uh, That's a great pick. That's that's a great pick. That would be tremendous. He's an Illinois guy. He's got Chicago ties. He's proven he can win at multiple places. So. Give my guy Dana a look. Let's see what happens. The, the, the Sun-Times says that uh, Dennis Gates and Duke assistant John Shire have been okay. uh, recent targets. So be interesting well, to see. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Dennis Gates obviously done a great job in his two years. As good of a job as you can do. Two conference championships yep. in two years at Cleveland State. Two, two coach of the years, though. He didn't get two conference championships. Two coach of the years. But his team was projected so low his first year. Right. Him finishing middle of the pack was why he got coach of the year. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. And, you know, he was in the running for the Boston College job, if you guys don't know. His wife is a senior administrator at Boston College um, as well. So that would be a great look um, if he can get that job at Paul. Um, and he's proven. 
you know, he's proven if you can do it at Cleveland State um, in those two years, he's been big time at Florida. So he, he'd be a great candidate as well. You know, Ford would be great as well. All right, guys. Um, yeah, my, my last one is Bethune Cookman. Uh, sure. I yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Quick, quick uh, pitch for uh, not only a friend of mine, but just a really good basketball coach. I think we've seen it happen, right? Where assistant coaches that were Coach Shea was a perfect example. He did a really good job in his first year. Helped coach move on. Uh, when you help the coach move on before you, I believe you deserve that opportunity, and uh, you have that associate head coach title for a reason. So. Uh, I think he deserves – Dominique Taylor deserves every opportunity to be the head coach, uh, not the interim, but the head coach at Bethune-Cookman. Uh, I think similar to what we saw with Terrence Johnson this year at Texas State, similar to what we saw with Isaac Brown, uh, those guys got thrown in the fire and won championships, but they knew the lay of the land. They had recruited the players there. They knew the inside. So uh, I want to make a, a real legit push for uh, Dominique Taylor to be the next head coach of Bethune-Cookman. has been a head coach already. Again, best friends with Coach Ritter, and Coach Ritter has definitely endorsed him to do so. So uh, we're following suit. Well, Make your push. I, I don't think they're listening. I don't think the, the AD's listening. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think they, I don't I don't think he is either. We're going to have to get well, to him some other way. Well, I, I noticed – I you know, I happen to know people in the administration, and, and I think Dominic has done a great job. But I, I think Anthony Evans, um, assistant coach at Fordham this past year, who was the head coach at Norfolk State – who went undefeated in the MAC, took him to the NCAA tournament, beat a number two seed in Missouri, um, left there and went to FIU, Conference USA, did a great job as well. I think uh, with his experience at the black college level, particularly with them going into the SWAC, I think he'd be more than ready. I think he'd be the best candidate for the job. Nothing against Dominic, um, because Dominic has not sat in that chair. The other guys you mentioned. He sat in that chair. He sat in that chair in junior college. I mean, you know, the other guys were in the chair this year. They were interim. They actually had a chance to coach. But I think Anthony Evans um, will be the best person for that job um, if they want to get to that next level going into the SWAC. You know, nothing against yeah. Dominic. We'll, we'll, we'll have to disagree live on the air. Uh, <laughs> I took the mic to make a push for my guy, and then you took it from me, but that's okay. That's all right. The coach you mentioned can have another job in HBCU. <laughs> Dominic Taylor should be the head coach at Bethune-Cookman. He helped his coach move on to the next level. He deserves the opportunity. Well, uh, there's, no doubt, there's no doubt that Anthony Evans, one of these guys, and we've talked about this too, um, he deserves another chance to be a head coach. Are you kidding me? The guy had so much success. Uh, he went to FIU, which is a very hard job. He actually did a pretty decent job there. Um, it didn't, but he got let go. And now, you know, like sometimes you look at who gets recycled on these hires and then you scratch your head. And then you look at other people. Uh, we've mentioned him. We've mentioned Marvin Menzies. Like, why are right. these guys not getting other opportunities to be to run a program? Like they've right. proven they can do it just because you you win at three programs and then one doesn't quite work out. Doesn't mean you forgot how to coach. Just sometimes there's circumstances involved. But not only that, you mentioned circumstances at FIU. He inherited a program that APR was far below standard. He only could recruit certain type of individuals there, and he was in the middle of the pack. Um, and and I'm saying this, you know, because um, as you mentioned, I think he he will be the best candidate for the job. And nothing against Dominic, I just think somebody that they're looking for to get to the program to the next level. I think Evans can go in there and do that. And he's been in Florida. He was at FIU, um, you know, as well. So um, he's proven um, at that level um, as well. And he's won an NCAA tournament game, something that a lot of HBCUs have not done against a 15 seed 
um, as well. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. He'll get, he'll get one. He'll get one. I want to yeah. play this clip real quick if you don't mind, Adam. It'll be quick. Uh, it's one minute and seven seconds. This is Jay Shea, uh, Coach Jay Shea, talking during the year about their stance uh, during that uh, during that time in the national anthem. They're discussing uh, because that's what that was supposed to do. It, we, it was a decision our team made prior to the season as a call to action and empowerment to against racial inequalities and injustices. Uh, just because it's not in the news, we're not going to talk about it. So our intentions by no means involve disrespecting our country's flag or the service men and women that put their lives on the line for our, our nation. You know, we hold those heroes near and dear to our hearts, including two generals, you know, that have served our country right here in our backyard, you know. No one knows the sacrifice, the fear, the pain, the anxiety, the loss that they've experienced fighting for our country's freedom and rights. But many of us don't know the same sacrifice, fear, pain, and loss the people of color have had to endure over 400 years. Mm. My team is a daily reminder to me that some things are just bigger than basketball. Yeah, well said. Well said. Appreciate you sharing that clip. We'll so, certainly um, provide more info uh, and our stance on the ETSU situation uh, in the coming hours, days, um, et cetera. But we appreciate you guys tuning in. Daryl, great to have you on. The yeah, awesome. We hope to have you back awesome. soon. Uh, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow at a different time. We're going yep. at, um, is it 1 Eastern tomorrow? It's 1 Eastern uh, tomorrow. I think so. Yeah, 1 Eastern tomorrow for the carousel. And again, yep. you don't want to miss it. Tonight is day three of the Rising Coaches Final Four Speaker Series. Felicia Leggett, Jack from Buffalo, uh, Mike McPio from UC Riverside, Todd Simon from Southern Utah, Joe Pasternak from UC Santa Barbara. Um, Tomorrow is going to be another star-studded night. Uh, Saturday will be our social. So lots of more great content to, to, to be a part of. You can uh, – view it all for free if you're a rising coaches member uh if you'd like to sign up visit risingcoaches.com or if you don't want to join rising coaches you don't like us no problem we don't take it personally you can view the conference uh for just 15 dollars. visit risingcoaches.com no i'm sorry visit risingcoaches.coachesclinic.com if you just want to view it for 15 dollars. and you can have seven day replays so you can go back and rewatch what you missed monday and tuesday night um, if you miss part of this show and you want to go back and, and listen to it on the podcast, please do so. Make sure while you're doing that, that you leave us a review five stars only, please. Uh, and we'll see you guys tomorrow on the carousel.